Good evening. This is time for number 12 Positivity Hack delivered by myself, Beata Young, and today's guest, Marta Zucker. Marta, where in the world are you? Hi, guys. Good evening, Beata. It's really great to be here and it's really to see you. It's great to see you. Um, I'm at the moment I'm in Poland. I arrived a few weeks ago, uh, despite pandemic, to um, to Torun. So at the moment I am basically in my office uh, here in Torun, in the old town. Mm, fantastic. We we can see the beautiful building and uh, the beautiful arches of Gothic town okay. of Torun. That Torun is uh, my my town and also the birthplace of a great inventor, astronomer, a great mathematician, Nicolaus Copernicus. And you're yes, also yes. a lecturer at this university. So uh, you're an independent entrepreneur, mentor. You probably published uh, a couple of books. You're also a blogger. For the last few years, you've been working with startup communities in Silicon Valley and Poland. You help startups reach global markets for people ideas and capital and you have authored numerous reports recently focusing on new technologies and silicon valley trends you're a lecturer at nicolaus copernicus university in my hometown Torun, the birthplace of one of the greatest innovator so that's today's topic discussion innovation and creativity in silicon valley so um marta when you've written book um global women in startup world conversations in silicon valley uh, which is a selection of interview driven stories told by the polish female founders who successfully made it to silicon valley why such a topic can you explain what is the background of your book Yes, of course. Thank you, Beata, for, for this introduction. Thank you for uh, introducing me. Uh, well, yes, you asked about my uh, my book, why I have decided to write about uh, women in uh, Silicon Valley. Well, uh, basically, when I arrived to Silicon Valley, I decided to uh, write about uh, startups. And when I understood for myself which was kind of a discovery for, uh, for it which was kind of a discovery discovery for me as well uh, that the women position in silicon in silicon valley is actually quite tough to uh, talk to successful uh, women and uh, i decided since i'm from poland i decided to uh, to talk to successful polish uh, female founders uh, that are successful not just in not just in Poland but also globally on global scene, including in uh, Silicon Valley. So uh, basically, this is uh, this is an idea. Mm. So women are playing an increasingly important role in the technology and business worlds. They still face unique challenges and hurdles. Um, so, what are the biggest challenges and hurdles? Did you discover the bigger, biggest challenges or are they still unknown? Well, obviously things get a little bit better in Silicon Valley, as I would say everywhere, like it, it is a little bit, it's getting better. Although women in Silicon Valley are, for example, still it's much harder to get funds for the startups. Uh, there is not that many women that are uh, employed in uh, in silicon valley 
companies. So uh, all those issues are obviously still existing. And unfortunately, probably because of the pandemic uh, situation of uh, women in not just in startups, not just in IT, uh, but in general, women in the workforce, uh, it is already like proven that unfortunately this situation will probably get worse in, in many cases because women are very often the ones that are primary caregivers for the kids, for children. And now when we are all stuck at home during the last year, uh, this, this was mostly women's role to not just to work, but also to, to take care of home of kids that were stuck at home uh, with us. Mm. So, Marka, um, as I mentioned, we've got a, a good selection of books. I'm going to po be posting uh, links in a moment. I um, cannot uh, stop but mention Ellen Kuhlman. Uh, she's the um, CEO. She used to work as a um, director at General Motors. She said, a lot of people say we have a meritocracy, but at the end of the day, if everybody in your organization looks white and male, it's probably not meritocracy. The interesting thing is creativity and innovation in not just in one section of the population. Women are graduating from college at the same rate as men. You're entering the workforce at the same rate as men. But with every successful run up that ladder, less and less women are there. So do you know why such a factor? Why do we have this revolving door issue? Um, because we talk, uh, Silicon Valley actually defined the issue of women um, in tech, which is not the pipeline issue. It's not the you know, we need more women at the bottom. We need more women at the tops of the industry. Hence, women on it as well. So we need more women on it, on these positions at the top of the industry to be have more role models. Why do you think there is such a discouragement of women uh, making their career to the top? Well, unfortunately, I really think that a very big uh, role uh, is played by societies which are still kind of believing uh, in a myth that uh, women should be should stay at home, should uh, take care of the kids, and unfortunately, it still exists. Uh, exists this. Uh, this myth that uh, women should really be the ones that are cooking dinner and uh, making the dishes. And many of you would say, oh, come on, this is not true anymore. But uh, this still exists. And if uh, young girls want to study, uh, I don't know, computer science, it's very often still even uh, obviously it has changed, but it's very often seen as no, come on, uh, women, uh, young women shouldn't study computer science. They should rather study, I don't know, literature. And uh, very often it said, it says, uh, well, maybe even uh, don't study, go, go stay, stay at home, stay with your uh, husband. So unfortunately, a uh, big part of uh, society today still uh, thinks this way. And well, we need years to, to overcome those obstacles. Mm -hmm. Good. Um, so I am going to segue now to what really the clue of today's discussion is. We need 
more diversity because it brings more innovative products. So when we are thinking about creativity and innovation, and today um, there is a reason for choosing today as a topic of this discussion, because it today is Creativity and Innovation International Day, as uh, coined by United Nations. Hence, um, culture is Europe's future. But the continent is lagging behind when it comes to turning its creative heritage into concrete solutions. What makes Silicon Valley so unique in terms of innovation? Well, this is a very good question, especially today, uh, especially after a one year of pandemic where a lot has changed. Uh, a lot has, cha has changed also in Silicon Valley. And uh, interestingly, uh, a lot of companies or some companies decided to move out of Silicon Valley. Some people decided to move out also. And San Francisco really has changed quite a bit during uh, the last 12 months. And uh, obviously there are opinions uh, that uh, Silicon Valley will probably not come back or differently, that Silicon Valley will lose its uh, a lead in being like a tech hub, tech leader, let's say. In my opinion, it won't happen. Things will shift, things will change, but Silicon Valley, in my opinion, will keep the, uh, the thought uh, of a new technology. And uh, in my opinion, the innovation that has been uh, born in Silicon Valley uh, for uh, for last uh, few years, uh, for sure will uh, will will stay there, and uh, for sure. Well, today, as you mentioned, it's uh, innovation day, and uh, for sure we need to think about uh, sustainable innovation, about economies that will um, that will be sustainable, uh, that will that about development that will be uh, sustainable without. Without this direction, uh, well, humans will uh, will face some could face some serious issues, and uh, I'm sure that Silicon Valley will go this direction. The new new technology development in Silicon Valley, uh, I'm sure, will go towards uh, well sustainability and uh, sustainable development. Right, Marta, good point. I wanted to go uh, back to some of the findings of creativity test developed by George Land um, in uh, 1968. Uh, he gave 1,600 five-year-olds creativity tests, the same test that he gives to uh, NASA engineers, um, because what could be better than thinking creativity of how to Houston uh, with that problem, how to solve it. Um, so he wanted to see how, how highly creative they scored. He found that of 1,600, four and five years old, 98% scored at creative genius level. Five years later, only 30% of the same group of children scored at the same level. And again, five years later, only 12% scored. When the same test was administered to adults, it was found that only 2% scored at this genius level. 
The drop of creativity in a period of 10 years is 86%, which is really shocking. According to the study, our creativity is drained by our education. So, Marta, is our education lagging in creative tasks? And how can we tackle that? Yeah, this is a great question. Well, uh, in my opinion, uh, and probably a lot of you would, will agree with me, well, unfortunately, our education is uh, our in the sense whether we talk about Poland or, we, or Europe in general, or whether we talk about the US, for sure, education needs to change, uh, the, the system needs to change. Uh, in order to let the kids be more creative. Thanks God, it does change already uh, a little bit. Uh, but again, this is one of those things where for sure this uh, creative creativity of uh, young kids is being like pushed, uh, pushed down very often. And uh, well, we talk about it a lot, there are conferences, what to do with, uh, with education, how to change it, how to build this uh, creativity rather than uh, push it down. But I think this is, again, another topic, very hard topic that uh, it's still a very long way, whether we, are, uh, whether we look at European countries or uh, America, in uh, sustaining this creativity, in developing a cre creativity that kids bring to school uh, when, uh, when they begin to, um, well, where they begin basically the education. Mm. To stay updated and ensure you never miss a positivity hack delivered, follow Women on IT, follow our speakers. Marta is today ready to answer your questions. Just as a fun game, we are going to post a link to uh, test your creativity and uh, please stay with us and bear with us, ask questions. Marta is waiting for your questions. Uh, you've got unique opportunity to speak of author of several books, expert in Silicon Valley innovation, uh, creativity, and we want you to succeed the best success um, is achieved through innovation. So, um, centuries ago, miners sought their fortune during the gold rush. Yesterday's gold is today's creativity and innovation, virtual, intellectual, digital, and scientific gems. And the plan is paramount for a modern day by miners, especially as the COVID pandemic is defining a new normal. So, Marta, since we've got the link shared with our um, audience, I wanted to ask you, what are your exercises for business-minded people you would like to share with us today so people could uh, really boost their creativity? Mm -hmm. uh, creativity exercises, that's a, that's a very interesting question, very good question. Uh, well, I can, uh, I will give you some, I have to think about it, I will give you some from uh, my experience. Uh, for me, for sure, uh, what uh, really helps me being creative uh, is uh, walking. Uh, you would think, oh, come on, this is, uh, this is weird. Uh, when we sit today, when we write, for example, in front of the computers, we all sit. In my opinion, walking is really very important in boosting uh, creativity. And uh, for example, when I work with my students uh, before the pandemic, uh, I would always walk. I would never sit during the class. I would always walk. And um, I noticed that, uh, well, obviously during the last year, I had all my classes in front of the screen. 
And uh, I noticed that it's harder for me to have the classes in front of the screen uh, without this movement. And uh, so I was reading about it and uh, some teachers, some lecturers say uh, it doesn't matter, they're completely fine in front of the screen. Some say, no, moving uh, is better. And um, so I read about this, what are like really like, what are the opinions? And uh, what uh, turned, I found a very interesting article that said, yes, if, uh, if there is an uh, opportunity, if there is an option, uh, please move during your lectures. And um, actually, uh, I found a uh, very interesting uh, course. It's a Harvard class, uh, CS50. By the way, I really recommend this class to everyone uh, on computer science. And actually, the lecturer that is running this class, he is not just walking. He is physically on the stage, on the stage of a theater and uh, walking, uh, walking through, through the lecture. And uh, so this uh, very basic tip on really, if you want to think, if you want to be creative, uh, walk. For me, for sure, it, uh, uh, it works. Uh, it helps me. Uh, but, uh, well, you will say, oh, come on, this is like uh, such a super uh, basic, uh, basic uh, advice. Uh, my another advice, which in my opinion, it's, it's really boosting uh, creativity too, is, um, well, today during the pandemic, we can't really go to the bookstores. But I remember when I was uh, living in New York City, New York City has like really beautiful, huge uh, bookstores. I would uh, always love to go to the bookstore. And uh, I would try to select a, a, a section of the bookstore with books which were kind of totally, un, like, totally unknown for me in the sense like the, the theme, the subject would be relatively uh, unknown. And uh, in my opinion, reading and like looking through, mm, through the books, uh, not the internet, I say it on purpose, go to the bookstore, hopefully pandemic is, uh, open, is finished soon. Uh, go to the bookstore and look for topics which usually you wouldn't search for, you wouldn't read, and read something completely different, uh, something uh, which is out of your like everyday thoughts. It's really, it's really interesting. In my, in my opinion, it really increases uh, creativity. Well, there's a lot of exercises to increase uh, creativity. Obviously, the one that I'm sure you all know is, uh, for example, set your timer and. I don't know, write down uh, as many names in a foreign language that you are not 100% comfortable, uh, write names of, for example, I don't know, animals, of birds, of like whatever you think, okay, this is a hard line for me. I like those uh, kind of tests. I sometimes uh, do them when I'm, for example, traveling, uh, when I have to sit somewhere, I try to come up with as many words or as many specific words which are connected to specific um, uh, specific uh, industry or um, interests and do it really fast. So in my opinion, uh, well, those are a couple of examples. There are a lot of examples how to boost your creativity. Uh, if you are feeling good in drawing, you can uh, draw. Uh, this is very famous exercise. Uh, I always give this exercise actually to my students. Draw 30 uh, circles and then uh, within a few minutes try to make every cir circle uh, a, l a little bit uh, different. Make a, a different picture of the circle. This is if you feel comfortable uh, with, uh, with uh, drawing with your pen. So uh, this creativity boosting is, is really helpful. Uh, and you can, moreover, you can do it really in many 
different uh, situations, whether you want to be more creative because you are talking to your students, uh, as I gave you the example at the beginning, uh, or you want to kind of tickle your mind a little bit when you are on the train. Did we lose connection? Uh, I can hear you. I think we have lost connection. It's working for you. Okay. So, all working. It's for me. Clearly, I'm here. Marta, are you yes. there? Sorry, yes, I, I, I can had hear a, a little backlash, so I wasn't oh, okay. sure where we finished. But um, actually, I wanted to just praise Marianne, who's uh, sitting in the background. Great insights, Marta, and I can't wait to take the creativity test, Beata. Thank you. Thank you, Marianne. You can test uh, test your creativity soon. I cannot stop but think about the creative mind from Poland. Uh, Josef Hoffman, who uh, is a musician and who created a paperclip. And I think that's a, also a great exercise to think about 100 ways of using paperclip. And you will be amazed how many ways you can use a paperclip. Dear viewers, um, uh, perkers, wherever you are, think about ways you can use paperclip for and give us some hints. Maybe uh, we can creativity stir uh, today some ideas and maybe we can invent something new. So when I think about um, the great inventors, I cannot stop but think about Wojciech um, Wojcicki family and you got an interesting story about and I think the upbringing plays a vital role. Could you tell us a little bit about uh, that family, Marta? Yes, of course. This is uh, this is a very uh, interesting uh, family. How to and Esther Wojcicki, mother of uh, well three daughters, uh, including Susan Wojcicki, who is today CEO of YouTube. Esther Wojcicki, a couple of years ago, uh, she wrote a book how to raise successful uh, people. In my opinion, really wonderful book. I really recommend this book to uh, everyone, uh, regardless if you have kids or if you don't have kids. Uh, regardless of the age, it's a really very interesting book, in my opinion. And there's a family, as you see on the slide, uh, is also, well, it's interesting because those are three uh, really successful uh, daughters. And uh, the family also has uh, Polish roots uh, because uh, husband of Esther Wojcicki, uh, Professor Wojcicki from Stanford University, today uh, retired. Uh, he was a physician. He he came to the, to the United States as a as a small uh, as a child. Uh, so uh, the family has uh, Polish roots. Uh, I always, when I talk about uh, women in uh, Silicon Valley, I like to mention this family. I like to mention um, again Susan Pucicki, who is uh, CEO of YouTube, uh, and she was actually in Poland a couple of years ago uh, in uh, in Warsaw. So yes, this is for sure very important important to have bond with your uh, with your family, and I'm glad that the Silicon Valley family um, is uh, well has Polish roots. It's always uh, it's always nice. So we've got Polish roots with you as well, and I have to say that it was actually your mother 
who got us connected a, a couple of years back uh, when uh, I used to organize a startup group called Mission to Run. Dear viewers, don't uh, let us um, uh, distort your viewership. And I would like to uh, segue from our uh, lovely uh, talk about families into our family-oriented Racy Mendoza, who's asking a question to Marta. As a career woman, how do you move forward when somebody is telling you that your idea won't work? Mm -hmm. Marta, that's a tricky one. Yes, thank you very much. This is a very good question, and I'm very glad that you asked it. Uh, and uh, this is uh, connected to feedback. And uh, in my opinion, this is one of the hardest things, really, first of all, to receive the feedback, and second of all, to know what to do with this feedback, because we all work on certain ideas, and obviously not every idea will be perfect. Not every idea will work, exactly as you say here. And uh, it is really very important to ask for a feedback. And it's actually also hard to, because people very often don't want to give this feedback. Uh, this is one of the um, trainings that I always do with my students. Please, uh, please give feedback to, uh, to your colleague uh, after, after the presentation. And students usually don't want to do it. And uh, so um, taking uh, feedback, which will be also not very good maybe sometimes, which uh, maybe will be a little bit negative or even just, oh, come on, this idea is not good that you have or what you're doing is not good. Uh, this is a very, very important skill uh, to take this feedback, to understand it and to, to think about it and to really do something about it. And um, we might decide, hmm, maybe this person is right, maybe I should, think about my product or about my idea in a different way. Uh, maybe I need to implement the feedback, maybe try to get more out of this feedback. Why my idea doesn't work? What is wrong with this idea? Uh, so if you are able to get more of that feedback, that would be even better. So this kind of negative feedback is really, it has huge value. And uh, to take this feedback without feeling, oh my God, I'm, I'm terrible, I can't do anything without being this negative about yourself. This is also a skill. And this is really very, very hard to, after you work for a long time on something and someone tells you, oh, come on, this is not good. How do you feel? You feel awful, yes? So no, the key is don't feel awful. Think about it. Hmm. Okay, maybe I'm doing something wrong. Or maybe not. Maybe I'm, I'm right. Maybe I know and I will proceed further and see what happens. So uh, this kind of, uh, Again, taking feedback is a huge skill and giving feedback also. So even if you get a negative feedback, never be, never be uh, okay, I'm done. I, I, can't, uh, I, I, I can't go ahead anymore. Go ahead more. Uh, don't be scared of negative feedback. It's a, again, it's a huge value because maybe you will understand, yeah, I was going the wrong direction. Marta, it sounds almost like pitching competition. You've got a negative feedback, you've got to pivot, you've got to work. And I'm, I can't stop thinking about the Silicon Valley and the buzzing world of startup pitches, uh, networking, all these opportunities that made entrepreneurs buzz with ideas. So um, pandemic has changed the way we are working. And even though innovation in Silicon Valley was digital, it still, still took place in physical world. Startup pitch competitions, incubators gathered in some place, 
FOMO, fear of missing out, was in the air as being there, meeting the right people and tapping into the right networks was helping creative processes. How did pandemic change the atmosphere of FOMO in Silicon Valley? Yes, it is true that uh, San Francisco has changed or Silicon Valley has changed within the last 12 months. I actually remember very well, I think it was uh, March 16 or maybe Mar March 17th when San Francisco and Silicon Valley basically went on a lockdown, everything got closed. There was no offices, no meetings. And as you said, Silicon Valley is famous for its pitching competition, for its like crazy meetups. Like there is so many meetups every day and suddenly like from one day to another, basically it all got closed, canceled. Uh, everything went, as you also, Beata, as you mentioned, obviously, especially new technology was already very much working online. That is, that's true, obviously, but not like that. Yes, not that we basically were all stuck at home. So um, it has changed quite, uh, quite drastically, especially at the beginning, uh, people uh, started to work from home. Although to be completely honest, uh, as I mentioned, San Francisco closed uh, in the middle of March which California was the first state to introduce this kind of a serious lockdown in, in the United States. Although uh, big tech companies introduced already and recommended to their employees working from home already, I think, as of January. Uh, because COVID-19 was already, well, existed already in the world. Uh, it wasn't as aggressive as, for example, at that time it was already in China, but it was already there. So big tech companies uh, recommended uh, to their employees not to work uh, from the office, but from home. So this was already slowly happening. And well, it all, it's true, it all went uh, online at the beginning as everywhere. It was a little bit slower and then basically all the um, uh, events moved uh, online. Uh, the city of San Francisco, I must say, got kind of, I would say, not as happy as uh, San Francisco. It's a very sunny, it's a very happy city. So it got, America got a little bit sad. Uh, so I'm very glad that it is uh, all getting slowly back to normal. Uh, but this 12 years of uh, lockdown, of pandemic made, I always say, America is so open. Americans love to chat, to talk uh, in front of a store, in front of a coffee shop and suddenly it all disappeared. People were just looking down, not looking into each other's faces, not, uh, not looking at each other, not smiling, not saying a word, crossing the street when, uh, when you saw someone was coming from in front of you. So in this sense, it was kind of spooky almost, almost scary. So like those two ends, yes, it moved online. So this online life was there, but on the other hand, it got kind of, uh, as I said, very, Mm, very disconnected, even uh, when you like walked in the streets, uh, this uh, America, which is so open always, suddenly disappeared. So for me, uh, this was, it was really hitting me every time when I was in the street that this, this happy America really disappeared. Mm. Which uh, brings us to comment my, made by In Love and In Pain, so um, up to uh, your comment. Uh, I am so happy for this opportunity. This topic is really interesting. Well, In Love and In Pain, I hope after this you will change your name because you're so happy and positive and creative. 
that we can have some smiling faces, not just COVID uh, depressed. So uh, we've got a tricky question from Agatha Bellon. Uh, Agatha is asking, is Silicon Valley a center with better innovation or just a big network with big money? Marta, mm -hmm. what's your take on that? Thank you, Agatha, for uh, this question. Again, very good question, very interesting question. Uh, when you look at Silicon Valley, especially from uh, outside, it's true. Is it really innovation or is it just uh, huge money? So very simple answer would be it's both, really. Uh, Silicon Valley is innovative and it's innovation. And you would say, why? Well, because there is this big network. And why there is a big network? Because there is also a big money and innovation. So it kind of all works like a perfect clock or like a clock, maybe not perfect always. Mm, even though I, I really like Silicon Valley, I live there, but I'm far from saying that it's, it's perfect, but it does work. People come to Silicon Valley for a reason. Uh, also for a reason, as you mentioned here, because there is big money in Silicon Valley. So for that reason also, uh, because there is big tech in Silicon Valley, because the investors are there, uh, because you can meet really very interesting people there on, mm, let's forget about pandemic for a while. Uh, you can really meet during uh, meetups, you can meet in person, uh, really big names, uh, interesting people that come from all over the world to Silicon Valley. So. Uh, it all kind of works together. So this innovation, which is there in Silicon Valley, wouldn't happen with all those extra, with also those things that you mentioned here, without all those people that come there, which is this network that you mentioned, and also without that money, which is there. So uh, without big, uh, again, as I already mentioned, without big companies, but also um, with all the startups, which uh, place themselves very often in San, in San Francisco or uh, in Silicon Valley. How it will change after pandemic? It is very, very interesting question uh, because a lot of uh, com tech companies already uh, decided that workers, employees don't have to come back to, um, to the office, some of them, are still making a decision. I'm sure that some of them will say, yes, uh, our employees will come back to the office, but for sure it will sh shift, it will change. Uh, interestingly, how it will change, but not for sure innovation won't uh, disappear from uh, Silicon Valley. I'm, uh, I bet on that. Mm. Well, by their nature, large companies typically can't foster a culture of innovation. Moving anything across the big corporation takes time, effort, everybody has to be briefed, and um, they err on the side of reducing risks, and their fastidious, cumbersome processes aren't exactly conductive to creative thinking. How is Silicon Valley playing a role for big corporations? Well, in my opinion, I would uh, I would buy to this question maybe a little bit different. Not necessarily how is Silicon Valley, how is innovation in general, innovation, this innovation of Silicon Valley, uh, how important it is for uh, for a big corporation and the big corporations. And actually, I was a couple of years ago. I was involved in a very interesting project: how to connect startups to uh, big companies, to uh, corporations. And this is like a very, very, uh, very interesting and very important topic, and also very important task, uh, because big companies are not able to or are not able to introduce uh, innovation in, 
in such a fast way, in such a proper way, let's say, as uh, as startups could do it. So that's why corporations really need to work uh, with uh, startups in order to implement in, implement innovations that actually sometimes they don't even know what kind of innovations they need. They know, they, I mean, uh, corporations, they often know, yes, we need to innovate. We need to do things differently, uh, but we don't know exactly how. Uh, that's why they need uh, the startup culture that why the startup culture in this in, in i mean uh, they really need to cooperate with uh, startups and i remember once i was on a meeting um, with a few uh, representatives from a few corporations and they said a very interesting thing that it's actually really hard uh, to find the right startups to to get in touch with them and uh, to find the startup startups that will really be able to mm, help innovate their uh, solutions uh, to implement this in, uh, uh, innovation in the company. So uh, this uh, cooperations uh, cooperation of startups and uh, corporations, even though the topic is already more than a few years old, it's still very important, and companies really uh, need uh, to work with startups. And I think more and more big companies. Understand it that they really need to implement innovation, and uh, it should be done with the help of startups. Maybe they need to take that test uh, that uh, Justin just exactly. <laughs> and I, she is happy to report that she got sixty-seven point seventy-seven to wow. Well done, congratulations, Justin. I'm very proud of you. Um, I have to do it again, but I have to say it is quite tricky because you don't know what to answer. Uh, one uh, question we have in line, and the production team is reporting to me that unfortunately uh, Facebook doesn't work for comments. I'm sorry about that. I hope you are going to subscribe to our channels on Facebook, Twitch, YouTube, and be notified and you can choose between the channels to make sure next time you can ask our guest a question. So, Veronica Padio is asking, one of the barriers that I encounter with innovative thinking is the difficulty of getting out of my comfort zone. How, in your opinion, can one overcome being stuck in one's comfort zone? That's a tricky one. And mm -hmm. I think uh, all of these um, uh, now creative thinkers are scratching their heads and uh, how to hack your mind to uh, get out of the comfort zone. Marta, what mm -hmm. is your solution? Ika, again, very good question. Uh, this is... Uh, this is uh, very interesting question also uh, getting out of the comfort zone it's the key whether we are talking about innovation uh, whether this is actually the thing that i always uh, tell my students during the first uh, class uh, during this class i really want you to think out of the box to not to be scared and to get out of your comfort zone exactly this uh, what you are asking about uh, Ika, and then how to do it uh, that's why this is such a great question because it's really not very easy. So, uh, how, for example, uh, I'm trying to again. This is a little bit related to uh, what we were talking about uh, before. How to boost our uh, innovative thinking? How to how to think differently? Uh, and I mentioned it already that 
uh, one of my exercises, uh, I used to do it a lot uh, in New York City, is going to the library, to the bookstore, it could be library too, obviously, and look for a different book from absolutely unknown topic for me. Uh, and uh, what I actually also do, um, I like reading books which are, well, not totally out of different topic, but which have nothing to do uh, with, uh, for example, innovation. Uh, I really like history and I, for example, read uh, often, uh, well, history books. Uh, so people are like, oh my God, why would you read about Poland from 19th century? And well, I like it. And uh, for sure it does improve my um, thinking about innovation or about problems that I'm solving the next day in a different way because you take your uh, brain somewhere else you take it out of the issues that you are trying to solve but you are still using this knowledge later when you are thinking about the innovation so my uh, basic advice how to get out of the comfort zone and be uh, mm, and create innovation try to focus on completely different topics topics that you would never think uh, you would read about. Uh, for me, like such a very different topic would be, I don't know, for example, reading about football. I remember that I did it a couple of, a couple of times in, in the bookstores in New York City. I was like reading about football, which is completely out of my league. I, do, I don't know anything about football. That's why try to do this kind of exercise. And I think it would really help. Try to uh, because you will think about this and it will bring you completely new ideas. Uh, even, if you, uh, even if you don't want to think about this, it will come to you. It will come to what you read about uh, the things that, again, are not in your interest. Uh, so this would be my very kind of basic um, help or idea how to, get of your, uh, how to get out of the comfort zone and be even more innovative. I hope it helped my uh, my uh, answer. I hope so too, uh, Ika. I hope you enjoyed the answer, uh, which actually brings me back to the inventor of um, uh, the paper clip. Uh, Josef Hoffman uh, he started thinking about it when he looked at the key. Uh, at the notes uh, or the violin, uh, how it's shaped, and he thought, well, that would be a good way to also uh, hold all my music notes together. So I'm thinking about innovation and creativity in Silicon Valley, and I can't stop uh, but to think about the early speech recognition software that struggled to recognize women's voices. I also remember the face recognition software by IBM, IBM which was very, very efficient, 98% efficiency. But when you looked down the numbers, it turned out that the least um, predictive it was, artificial intelligence didn't work for Asians, people with darker skin colors, with females of different racial backgrounds. Why is um, innovation uh, skewing out women? Why is it important to have uh, diversity in innovative teams, Marta? Yes, again, this is such a this is a topic we can talk about for the whole night uh, and, and more for weeks. 
uh, unfortunately, it is uh, true uh, what you mentioned, and also the slides that you just showed that early speak uh, uh, the speech recognition software wouldn't recognize uh, women voices, or very similar example. Mm, at the beginning, the uh, fonts, they, now the fonts are already mm, smaller also. The fonts at the beginning were also kind of, the, the feet was for men's uh, hand. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't really made for uh, women hands, which are usually a little bit gentle, a little bit smaller. And uh, so these days already the fonts have different, uh, different shapes, they're smaller, bigger, but the, at, the, at the beginning they're really made for uh, bigger uh, hands. Uh, when you were telling Beata about, about those differences, uh, I just took a quick uh, note not to forget. Uh, great book recommendation if you guys haven't read it, uh, Invisible Women. Uh, book talks exactly about those uh, issues, why uh, the world is uh, still is made uh, for uh, men. And well, in tech, the answer is unfortunately we have to come back to uh, our um, discussion from the beginning of this meeting. Unfortunately, tech is made by men mostly. There is not that many women employed in tech companies. Uh, there is not that many startups still that uh, are run uh, by women. In Silicon Valley, it's about 16% of uh, startups which are run uh, by women. Uh, there is uh, women startups don't get money so easily as men start get money in the sense uh, get funded. So all those reasons behind all those reasons there is explanation why tech is made by men and for men unfortunately. And uh, again we already said it yes it will probably uh, it is changing uh, it will improve it will change hopefully but uh, men are dominate all the time in tech industry and it is made for men but it's not just we talk today about tech industry uh, but uh, wherever whichever industry you really look at whether it's architecture for example or for example winemaking i was uh, i remember a couple of years ago i was reading about uh, winemaking business and it's because uh, Napa Valley, which is uh, north of San Francisco, mm, which is a place where mm, really beautiful American wines are being made. Uh, Napa Valley uh, wine industry, it's also man dominated. Read about wine industry if you have some uh, free time. Uh, also another industry which is man dominated. Very interesting stories how women are slowly overtaking this industry, but it's kind of in the culture. What do you mean that women will make wine? Yes, so it's the same in technology. It's uh, men are uh, the leaders of big tech companies. Very few women. We mentioned today Susan Wojcicki as an example. Uh, mostly it's, uh, it's men. And uh, even though I always say that uh, diversity is uh, obviously exists in Silicon Valley because so many people comes to Silicon Valley. So this diversity exists there, but it's still men that are in charge. And now uh, answering your, the other part, the second part of your question, why, Bata, why it is so important that we have diverse teams? Well, think about this. You have, if you have, mm, it's already known, obviously, that diverse teams are more creative. But when you think about it, why? You have people from different cultures, from different backgrounds, from different experience, with different experience. So obviously we will look at the same problem completely different uh, or somehow different. So those diverse teams are really the key to innovation. And even though I said so many things that in Silicon Valley is, it's like a man uh, culture, but still Silicon Valley does have a network of 
uh, of diverse people that come from all over the world and for sure it helps uh, in creating uh, innovation mm, even though we could talk is silicon valley really letting all these diverse people uh, to 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 be visible everywhere that's another question but for sure diverse teams are uh, absolutely more uh, more innovative because we have so many different perspectives and uh, unfortunately poland is still very close it's very it's a, it's a country which is not very diverse mm, i really wish it will change one day and that's why actually i really love america so much because it it is with all its problems but it is a diverse country for sure with i agree with all the problems you can start attacking me oh, america has so many problems of course like every country but it does have this diverse community which i always i'm always so happy when i'm back uh, in the us um, to see all those beautiful people in the streets uh, which unfortunately you cannot see in poland poland is very very again very close society Mm. Marta, in, I, I, I cannot stop but mention the fact that I'm speaking from Malta, which is somewhat more diverse than Poland, for example, yet still there are not that many products that are um, focused on or, or that are innovative. Uh, we have other countries in Europe that managed to uh, break through, uh, like a great story of a successful startup uh, with Skype that was sold to Microsoft and they kind of, uh, I would say, destroyed the great product. Um, I have to ask you about innovative uh, leadership um, because it's the ability to uh, inspire productive action in yourself and others. And um, I think during times of creation, it's vital to have inspiring leaders. What do you think is the key facet of inspiring leader? And before uh, we uh, dive into this question, uh, I just wanted to mention Aika Ika is um, uh, saying that it's a very good way to put it in, in terms of uh, ways of how to leave your comfort zone. So thank you, Ika. It's lovely to see you're tuned in and you're listening and you're taking active participation. So Marta, can you tell us what are the uh, mindset of successful leader um, that is leading innovation team? Well, for sure, a successful leader today, successful leader really needs to be uh, very open-minded and uh, needs to uh, be able to listen uh, to the team and uh, to to talk to the team. And uh, what is uh, most important. Um, if there is something going on uh, in the team, the leader needs to take it on his or her shoulders. So I always say, if everything is good, this is a team work. Although when there are issues, the leader should step ahead and, um, and take those issues on his or her shoulders. And also, which in my opinion, and this is an advice to not just to the leaders, but especially uh, in my opinion, a successful leader really needs to um, uh, have around himself or herself uh, people smarter than he or she is. And this is uh, the key to every successful uh, company, that we really need to um, surround ourselves uh, with people that know better, that know more than we do, especially in, in, in certain um, parts uh, of our companies that we might not we we don't know everything uh, in uh, in our company how it should develop 
So absolutely uh, being able to communicate with the team, being extremely open-minded and for sure being able to employ people that are smart and smarter than uh, we are which uh, which is not a which is very often not the case uh, employ employers very often don't want that and this is this is a very good uh, feature of a successful leader yes uh, have around yourself uh, people that are smarter than you and take all the negative negatives to your shoulders and good stuff yes this is my team I don't know if I didn't uh, lose you, Beata, because I can't. Uh, I can't hear you. We just had a, a brief interaction by ice cream company, and they are just delivering some ice cream. It's not really okay. enough way of delivering in pandemic, <laughs> uh, but uh, I guess uh, that's the way to do it uh, during COVID and uh, to make this sound very very big. Um, so uh, we've got a comment from Patrick Young who's uh, had a very exciting show last night about um, blockchain and he touched upon some creativity and innovations uh, in that field. Fabulous creative discussion ladies. Um, thank you so much Patrick. I uh, wanted, we've got five minutes to finish our show, so I uh, encourage you to ask questions if you have any questions to Marta. Uh, I would like to also remind you to subscribe to our channels, that way you will never miss another positivity hack delivered. Today's topic is innovation and creativity and I wanted to ask you um, a, a more kind of, uh, also another creative question, let's say that. Can you please give us your favorite life lesson quote? Can you share how that was relevant to you in your life, Marta? A uh, life lesson uh, quote. Well, in my opinion, my uh, my quote in general, how I how I think I, uh, we should uh, all go ahead with our lives lives is not to not to be afraid. And uh, there is this uh, quote of uh, uh, Maria Spodowska Curie, and she said, "There is nothing to be afraid. Uh, there is nothing to be afraid of uh, in life." Uh, you just have to understand it. This is this is a full quote. This is like maybe hard to remember. Although a shortcut of this quote is really just don't be afraid. And if there is anything that you are afraid uh, afraid of, just make sure that you break uh, those uh, those fears. Um, I remember when I was a kid, I also I was already following kind of unconsciously uh, this rule. But I remember that I was always like, oh my god, I'm so scared of that, and I knew that I have to overcome that. I don't know how I knew it, but I remember I was always this way. And uh, today I always say, just don't be, don't be afraid. And if you are afraid, uh, just go ahead, uh, figure out why you are afraid of it, understand it, and then mm, it will turn out that there is nothing to be afraid of. Just, uh, just go forward. So uh, this is this is my kind of a quote or lesson for life. Just really don't be afraid. And if you are figure it out why what is behind that uh, that thing that is making you feel uncomfortable that's a great quote from an amazing lady polish lady maria spodowska Curie. not many people remember that she was born in poland and married uh, a frenchman 
Thanks, Kiri. Um, I wanted to, which brings me actually um, a story that I shared uh, with my, uh, our creative brain. Um, she's working for us, Veronica. A couple of uh, days ago, I shared a story when I was little and I had to fight my corner because I was rushing from the school with my instrument in my hand just to make sure that I go to my attend my violin lessons and two girls started uh, kind of laughing at me and tried to stop me. So with my fist, it was a heavy winter day and I had a very thick glove made of sheepskin. So a thick um, sheepskin can make a mark and I definitely did leave that mark under this girl's nose and I fought my corner and I succeeded. So sometimes comfort zone can be physical, sometimes you have to fight really hard. But Marta, I don't want to focus only on me. I wanted to ask you a question because I often interview female executive CEOs and I say, I'd like to talk to you about the experience of being a female business leader or innovator in what is still essentially a, a boys club. And usually the response I get is, I don't view myself as a female or I'm just a CEO. And I wonder, I understand that for public consumption, people have to say that, but surely there is a difference. And what can we learn from female experiences in, in roles like that? Well, in my opinion, uh, women very often uh, don't want to talk about uh, their, their success. And unfortunately, women are all very often saying, oh, as you said, oh, I'm not a CEO. Or women are often like, oh, I'm not successful. I'm, oh, this is just, this was just luck. This was my luck that I got here. Or uh, this is this is this is all them. I didn't do anything. So uh, and uh, this uh, this is kind of what is in our societies, which again it does change a little bit. But uh, women are very often just really working very very hard. Why? Because uh, it is still expected that women will be uh, perfect at work, perfect the way they look, uh, perfect uh, at, uh, at home, uh, they will take care of their kids, they will have clean house and so on. And yes, it still exists, unfortunately. Uh, while, and so women are really working very, very hard. Uh, I remember once I read such a comment uh, so it made me so angry because someone said, uh, oh, women are in a better position in life in general uh, because uh, they, just, um, they just like to work more. And it's like, is it really because we just like to work more or just because we really organized and we do, uh, do work more, but it's not because we like or not, but it's really put on us. And uh, women, uh, in my opinion, just do their job while men are very often like bragging about it. Uh, so, and uh, if you really look around, uh, that's how it is. Uh, if you look at uh, how startups, for example, that's a good example, how startups uh, work. Uh, women uh, founded startups, usually they kind of grow slowly, like uh, kind of, it's like they, it's like a little incubator, they grow slowly, slowly, and then boom, they go really, they go up and they're successful for, for a long time. While uh, men founded startups, they very often here and boom, they go up. And very often from this going up, they go very fast, as fast as they went up, they, went, they go fast down. 
obviously not all of them, but this is very often the case. That these women-founded startups, they just go slowly. Women keep are more responsible, whether it's about uh, startups, whether it's about jobs, whether it's about home, kids, so on. Women are more responsible uh, in employing people and also in running the startup. That's why those startups are like that, and then they go up and they stay there for a long time, while men startups are like from all this, like, oh, we can do it, and it goes up and then it goes down. Again, not every startup, obviously, but <laughs> uh, so that's about women and uh, how we often we don't like to talk about our successes and this is my uh, really like today I think this is one of the most important things that you should say especially to young women that are listening to us uh, please talk about uh, your successes whichever if it's a small success or big su success please uh, talk about this yes this is my success this is women don't like talking about this mm -hmm. Well, it reminds me of a great quote by um, Cindy Gallup who said, brag as much as you can and you're still not going to brag as much as men do. So I would highly encourage you to brag about his successes and today's bragging is focused on Marta Zucker. I'm very delighted and I'm very happy to have a successful woman on our channel, Positivity Hug Delivered. And that comes uh, to the last question, which is, uh, imagine the pandemic is over, Marta, and you can invite to breakfast any person in the world. Who would you love to have a private breakfast with and why? And which place would you choose? This is such a beautiful question because pandemic is over in your question and uh, and the person I would like to uh, have breakfast with. Uh, I think I would choose honestly uh, Jane uh, Goodall. Uh, I think uh, she is a person that world today really needs. Today's world needs more Jane Goodalls. And unfortunately, we don't have a lot of people like uh, she is a person that is really saving this world and uh, in very, she can try to listen to how Jane uh, is talking about her work, about what is important uh, in the world. Uh, she can talk about um, issues which are really crucial to, to the planet, to, to humankind, and she can explain it in very uh, simple way uh, so everyone can understand. Look at her work, how much she did for, I would say, for the planet, for, for, for animals, for humankind, for, uh, for all of us. So, yes, this, uh, I, I think that would be my i'm sure that would be my uh, person i would like to, i would be honored to uh, to spend time with marta i wish uh, that your wish will come to fruition one day or the other whether pa before pandemic or during pandemic <laughs> or whatever happens um, i'm uh, i've heard that you took your vaccine um, and uh, poland is quite efficient in terms of a vaccination um, uh, this is this is the end of positivity hug delivered, but it's not the end of our positive thoughts sending uh, to you. I just wanted to thank uh, all our viewers, especially Inka Pagio, Agata Bellon, Marian Madera, Racy Mendoza. In love and in pain, I hope no more, because she's going to be uh, segueing into in love and 
in positive thoughts and in creative thoughts uh, after this creativity and innovation speech by Marta Zucker, whose books been mentioned. I hope you can buy them on Amazon. They are available to purchase. We talked about how female can tackle the challenge of creative thinking processes. I hope you're going to take your test. Justin reached almost 70%. I have to say I was slightly above 70%. I used to be more creative. I took a test sometime in Poland about uh, 15 years ago and it was about 86%. So I have to work on it again. Um, the good thing is, I have to say that um, our creativity raises after we take uh, a break from work, uh, whether it's retirement age or whether we just stop thinking um, and going into the mold of employment and how to please our employers. Marta, thank you very much. I wish you a great success. I wish our viewers a great success. And I wish you to hack the future women on IT. Thank you. Good night. Thank you very much, Beata. Good night. Thank you for having me here. Thank you to everyone. Thank you. Thank you.